have conversations about getting dirty and growing strong through exploring the Pachamaya healing model. If you're enjoying our content, there are many ways you can show your support, including posting a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform, or by joining our mailing list at wherethelotusgrows.com. Leaving a review will get you an on-air shout-out, and joining our mailing list, you'll get a monthly email full of inspiration to keep you on track. You can also become a supporting member on patreon.com slash wherethelotusgrows, where your kind support is rewarded with additional gifts and content we've created just for you. We've chosen not to have advertisers, so the only way to keep our show going is through your generous Patreon support. We hope that our podcasts uplift you in your world. If you benefit in any way from our show, please become a supporting member. Kim and I also see clients privately. If you go to the website, there is more information about our private practice website as well. Where the lotus goes. Where the lotus goes. Creditarians. Getting dirty and growing strong. Hey there, Creditarians. It's been a minute since we've done a interview episode. Full disclosure, this interview was actually done pre-pandemic, but we really felt like um, it might be relevant now. And some of it might sound dated. Regardless, we want to share with you our conversation with Jeffrey Sargent. Jeffrey Sargent, retired major with the U.S. Army, an MS yoga therapy, E-R-Y-T, YACEP has 20 years of military service, including combat tours in Iraq as tactical intelligence officer and in Kuwait and Iraq as a military intelligence company commander. He's the recipient of the Defense Meritus Service Medal and numerous other awards, including being selected as the number one ROTC graduate in the United States in 1996. Jeff enlisted in the Army in 1986 and earned the rank of Staff Sergeant before entering officer training. After retiring from the Army in 2009, Jeff worked as the government contractor for five years training military personnel who were preparing to deploy to Iraq and Afghanistan. During this time, Jeff discovered yoga and immediately recognized its potential for physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual benefits. It has had a tremendous impact on his life, including helping him with his own battles in military service-related PTSD and a 30-year struggle with eating disorders. So most recently, Jeff worked full-time as a yoga therapist at the Army in the Integrative Pain Management Center at Madigan Army Medical Center in Tacoma, Washington. Um, he has since retired from that position, but we do hope that you enjoy our conversation with Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows. Hey, hi. Good to be here. We're happy to, to have you. Yeah, good to have you. Hey, so I'm interested in how has your time served in the military help you relate to being a yoga therapist for the population that you work for? Um, well, it's definitely been a benefit because the the military population is very, um, you know, for the for the most part, territorial on you know, kind of tri- tribal in a way. Very, you know, very proud and of the service and just doing what they do in their mission for security and to have someone, you know, come in from an outside who doesn't understand that culture, it creates a little bit of, um, difficulty gaining their trust. So I immediately come in with, you know, my background and it's like, okay, they, 
this guy understands us, you know, what we go through. And so that's made it um, much easier to relate to people. Um, so it's definitely helped a lot. How do you think it's complicated, the relationship? Um, I, don't, I don't know that it has, really, to tell you the truth. Um, I, don't, I don't know that it has. I can't find any ways that it has complicated um, what I'm doing. I think it's fascinating um, that you got this opportunity. Um, I think, you know, Kim and I both mistakenly, for whatever reason, you and I kind of talked about it, that you were close to a VA hospital. And I think we thought you were working for the VA. But what does yoga therapy, and we know some people who work with veterans, but what does yoga therapy with active duty military look like? Um, if you don't mind, like kind of specific to your job. And then, um, if you feel like it's different than other populations that you've worked with. Yeah. So the, the, um, you know, working with the military and the active military is, it's interesting because, uh, you know, for one, that, that population yoga is not very, um, it's, it's not as, I guess, received as, you know, a lot of other, you know, on the outside. So people are oftentimes like I would say most of my, most of my patients is, um, are, it's their first experience or exposure to yoga. Okay. And so, so, so it's a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm their first like experience. So it's, it's interesting in that, that I'm always, I'm working with a lot of people that are new to it. Um, and, so it's, it's, that's a blessing. I really appreciate having that opportunity to, you know, introduce them in a, in a way that's sort of non-threatening um, because a lot of them, I think, you know, it can be quite intimidating to walk into a, a yoga studio when you, you've never done it and you're kind of like, you know, and there's, it's a highly male population too. So, you know, they, they kind of think, you know, it's, oh, it's going to be a lot of these really flexible people and, <laughs> you know, sort of apprehensive about it, but, um, and just, you know, the way that their op tempo, their operational tempo, they're very, you know, they're working a lot and they're going out to the field a lot and doing a lot of training. And so it's, it's quite a different life than, than being a civilian, you know, quite different. And did you, like, when you create, I guess you didn't create the job, but you got in there as a yoga therapist, and that's not something that um, I, I think has, is part of the military's history. <laughs> so did you, like, create your own systems? Is there anything specifically that you found, um, you know, helped you to kind of mold your position there? Like what, what is it, what does yoga therapy look like, I guess, with, yeah, with active that's duty? That's a great question. Um, you know what the funny thing is like the, the, my job description is actually kinesiotherapy assistant. Um, okay. and, and, uh, I guess that's the way they couch it. And I, I fall under, um, the department of rehabilitation medicine, and it's um, I'm in the interdisciplinary pain management center of the hospital, and so we're an integrative clinic up there, and we have everything from acupuncture, chiropractic, medical massage, occupational therapy, physical therapy, health psychology, 
And then the interventional pain doctors who do the injections and, you know, those types of traditional techniques. And I think I mentioned physical therapy and occupational therapy. And then there's me, like yoga. So we have a pretty diverse skill set of people and we're all in the same clinic. So a patient typically comes in there for about four hours a day um, when they're getting, just depending on what they're doing. But we have it divided up into two programs, um, and I'm part of what falls under the REAP program, and it's it's the inter it's the complementary modalities: so yoga, chiropractic, acupuncture, and massage, like the non-traditional pain management mm-hmm. stuff. And then um, anyway, so I was given pretty much free reign to do whatever I wanted to do um, as far as yoga and. Um, I see probably 60, I probably 60 patient encounters, encounters a week. Um, so, and, and that includes, you know, the group classes. So it's, you know, that's, we'll probably talk about that, how it works, but, um, yeah, I didn't have any real guidance other than, you know, provide yoga therapy for the patients <laughs> and, you know, and it goes back to what we learned in school about, you know, um, you treat the person in front of you, you know, treat the person in front of you and what they walk in with. And um, so I, it's hard to really you know, make a plan uh, and I don't know what's going to show up with that day. They could be having a level eight pain and, you know, it's like, kind of pointless to have them do a bunch of hard stuff if they're just physically suffering. Um, and so I, I wait and see what walks in the door and it's a lot of, um, you know, um, feeling the sense of what would most serve that patient or group of patients in the day. And it's interesting how that group dynamic shifts from group to group, depending on who's in it. Um, I have, and of course, in the military, you deal with, I see a lot of people who have um, post-traumatic stress and, you know, other things, uh, anxieties, and a lot of uh, the patients that I see are getting uh, medically put out of the military because of, you know, their, their condition. Um, so there's a lot of anxiety about transition to what's next in life after the military, because um, unfortunately, uh the, they don't do a good enough job of, you know, giving them yoga at the beginning, <laughs> right? You know, like to give them the tool set to incorporate yoga meditation into, you know, their their life, their daily life. So, you know, it needs to be much more embedded into just the culture from the very beginning, so that when troops are coming in the military, they're getting some exposure of some techniques to learn how to. You know, their main thing is learning how to stretch and to relax and in this. So, um, yeah, it's there's a lot of room for growth. And, um, you know, I'm sort of at the end of trying to fix the broken. And I think, you know, just like in all, all walks of life, we need to do a better job at teaching us how to swim before we get thrown into the deep end of the pool, you know. Right. No, I agree. And I think that that would be just you saying that I could see that being um, really valuable, a really valuable part of training to have uh, yoga techniques 
and, you know, especially for handling stressful situations and that kind of thing ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything specifically like technique wise that you find yourself using a lot more often with this population or does it, I mean, you, you said that it depends on who walks in the door, but I was just curious if, you know, uh, restorative or Nedra's or if there was anything that kind of popped out that seemed yeah. to be very helpful. Well, I mean, I work with all of them with breath, you know, get them to help do diaphragmatic breathing. And if, if it's, if it's more of a one-on-one -on -one situation, I'm dealing with an individual patient. I sometimes work a little bit more of the subtle things, maybe with some different types of pranayama, but, um, mostly, you know, just with my time frame, I don't have a lot of time with them. You know, they they come in and, I have about, you know, a little less than an hour by the time, you know, it's all said and done. So I kind of have to get right to it. And, and most of them, you know, they, I see typically a patient will come in to see me twice a week. Um, and they're kind of set into their, their time slots. And, um, you know, since they are very new, I try to do a lot of the same stuff just so they feel, start to feel comfortable learning how to, you know, incorporate some of the, the different postures because, um, I would say 90% of the, the population that I have is um, they come in for back pain, probably 90, 90%. Um, you got some other stuff, neck, shoulder, hips, but it's for the most part um, lumbar, you know, um, lumbar type issues or thoracic, you know, spine issues. So I'm pretty much targeting on that for most of it. And then you know, nothing is isolated in the body. So, of course, I'm incorporating different types of, um, you know, postures. Um, but I just try to give them a basic, like, here's, you know, these 12 things you can do. Or just try to keep it very simple as I can for them. And then it's, you know, that would get quite boring for me as a therapist if I was doing the same thing all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wondered if there was something specific that seemed to, um, like stand out as something that, um, no. was, a, was specific maybe to the population because you see low back pain. Do you know what I'm saying? That yeah. Specific, it, something uh, to that, or if a Nedra was specific to helping with relaxation or. I haven't found anything that's like super specific. I mean, I, I, First of all, my first, especially if they're coming into pain, is to help them get in a position that's comfortable. So before we started, right. you know, stretching, I like, all right, let's, you know, you're you're kind of high. Let's get you in a, uh, let's get a bolster and get your get a chair and get your legs up on the chair and a bolster into your hips or something like that, just to like, you know, relieve that pressure immediately so that they can just feel a sense of relaxation and, uh, you know, and work through some break breathing to begin. Uh, just to help turn down what I call the volume of the pain, to turn down that volume. Mm -hmm. uh, so they get oftentimes like immediate relief from, from a restorative position. And so just depending, you know, I always ask them, how are you guys feeling today? What's, what's the energy level in the, in the room? Or, you know, and, and so it's like, okay, yeah, you're feeling good. Okay. And then let's just go through a nice, you know, some nice series of postures. If they're not, and they come in, and I can see visibly like this person is suffering, I'm like, okay, let's let's come on to our back and come to this. So it's it's interesting, and I have to really be sensitive to that energy. 
And it's just that intuitiveness of, of what we do. You know, you really have to be sensitive to how people, what they're bringing, what they're showing up with. Um, and, you know, I'm working with people from the ages of, you know, 19 to 55. So <clears throat> something, something like that. I've had people as old as like 62. Um, not that that's old, but that's, I've had, you know, that's about the oldest that I've had as a patient. Um, and the youngest probably about 19 years old. So I'm surprised how many people in their, in their twenties are in a lot of chronic pain. Huh. Yeah, it's kind of sad. You said that you see about 60 people, um, a week and you're seeing them in both groups and private. I'm wondering, do you have any tips or what's, what, um, things have you implemented in your system that's helped you speed up your integrative assessment for that workload? Cause that's, that's a large workload for you. Yeah, it's, and you know, a lot of the, I'm, I'm not able to do as much of that as I would probably like to do. I would love to have all individual patients, um, because it's just more effective working one-on-one with somebody because everybody's got a different you know, sort of level of pain or it's just they're being affected in different ways, mentally, emotionally. And so being able to use the full toolkit of what, you know, what we can offer is challenging because it's, you know, when you're dealing with a group setting and, and oftentimes they're not cohorted, right? They're not, they don't start the program all at the same time. So, you know, and they come in to see me for six weeks, that's the way it's set up. And Someone could have come, been coming for like three weeks and then someone brand new will show up in that class, in that group. And so it's super challenging. I have to, you know, really it's be creative with how I do it and, you know, work harder and, and become better at what I'm doing. But um, it's, it's frustrating in the sense that, yeah, doing those really detailed integrative assessments and all that is, it's just not happening in a in a way that um, that, I, that I would like to see, unfortunately. Um, and, I, and and you know, I guess if we could. I don't know if we need to talk about what an integrative assessment is, or if that's everybody probably pretty you know who's listening to this would probably understand. But um, yeah, it's not. I'm not able to do it as like as well as I'd like to or to the to the. So you have an, a shortened version that you basically keep track think, of for each person. Kim, the way, you know, people, I, I have to do um, electronic medical records um, documenting, you know, for every patient. And if I'm doing, uh, uh, let's say, four, four classes in a day, you know, four, four classes, and I have, um, you know, I have one group that has six people in it, or, you know, one group might have eight or nine and I have about sometimes, you know, um, 30 minutes between classes to, you know, get my notes done. Um, so I'm going from class and having to go chart and, you know, so I'm not really able since I am seeing primarily groups really getting specific on an assessment of somebody. I'm more, I'm more documenting, you know, like, okay, they well, what you've done. What, what, what they've done, uh, you know, I, I do use soap format for my notes, and um, 
um, writing, you know, basically they showed up, they were able to, you know, participate in the class fully with modifications or whatnot. And it's sort of generic. I tell, I, I tell you, it's, I, I have to be, keep it very simple. Otherwise I could get, I could get very under, overwhelmed with documenting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you have one of the highest, um, rigored yoga therapy degrees mm-hmm. and how has it prepared you for your role as a salaried yoga therapist? Yeah, I I think that the clinic portion of what we did got me really comfortable, or I guess fairly comfortable, with being able to walk into a room and, and you know, just not knowing exactly what's going to show up, you know? Um, so having to, uh, you know, just rely on your on your training and your education and all that to be able to to handle that situation you know and then come in it from uh being able to to relate to medical um doctors you know um so i you know i'm working with a bunch of different medical professionals and the we did talk a lot about in school you know um a lot of that kind of stuff as far as from a you know medical perspective since we were heavy in the you know pathophysiology and things like this were um and in the psychology aspect and you know some of those more uh, i guess uh, uh rigorous type of um things that you know that, that you're just not getting another i don't know i haven't been in another yoga therapy program but you know just the fact that ours is was a master of science um you know all the the medical focus we have so that's helped me being in a hospital setting. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, well, you, you've mentioned a couple of times that you could very easily get overwhelmed and that um, you have to really be conscious about juggling a lot of things, different um, abilities in class, um, different mm-hmm. types of injuries. And so what are the top three things that you're doing to help you handle that workload and still stay true to your own yogic lifestyle? Um. Yeah, that's a good point. I have to um, to really um, try to take that time between classes to, to sort of unplug. Um, <laughs> so I've used things like just getting outside and going for a walk for, you know, 15 minutes sometimes or, um, you know, being able to um, listen to some music or whatever just to – reset otherwise i could carry that energy from class to class and it it just you know as you know it's in the being in what we're doing the work that we do it's going to be emotionally very taxing on the therapist um and so i have to really um check in with things that are coming up in me as i'm providing you know the class if i'm dealing with someone who's obviously you know they they don't want to be there. They have maybe kind of a poor attitude about it or something, and and I feel that that you know I have to watch what that feels like in me to just kind of I guess be aware if you will, mm-hmm. um, and I have to you know physically take care of myself, um, uh, which has been a struggle for me just personally with the kind of the some of the my own pain issues. <laughs> It's been a struggle. Yeah, um, yeah it's been a it's been a very challenging time frame for me physically, 
because um, it is such a heavy um, off tempo, you know, a patient load for me. And, you know, I have to demonstrate a lot, you know, because they don't understand the postures and they, you know, so I have to show a lot with them and, yeah, because they otherwise get very, uh, I guess they're unsure and they're not used to yoga and like really listening to the, to the verbal cues is hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They're more um, visual kind of static learners. It's a lot of, and, and you know, pain affects the brain. Um, you know, the way that your attention span and everything is, it's, it's really affected by pain. So yeah, being able to visually see and, and all that is, you know, um, helps. Um, I've been there for about a year and a half and I feel that I'm getting better all the time. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, uh, but it is a lot of work, 40 hours a week and, you know, a full-time gig of yoga therapists in a clinical setting. Um, yeah. Well, while, while you've been there, is there anything, um, you know, looking back at the last year and a half, was there anything that you struggled with that you thought, wow, I needed more training in? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, like, time and being a therapist. I think that maybe not training, just experience. You know, that's the biggest thing is, is working with a lot of different things and people. And um, there's always more training you could do, but... I think that just the experience, and I, I, I do think, however, like we did not really um, do too much of group type um, stuff in school to prepare us for group yoga therapy uh, sessions. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was all individual based, so um, I had to, you know, it's I very much rely on my abilities as just being a yoga teacher but also having that, you know, yoga therapist hat at the same time. Um, cause it's kind of a hybrid, you know what I mean? What I'm doing is sort of a hybrid. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine yeah, I with your own pain experience that you're teaching those groups from your own personal experience on the mat uh, and rely heavily on that. Absolutely. You know, and, and I, you know, I tell a lot of them, I'm like, Hey, you know, I broke my back a few years ago and, and I, I, you know, I, I feel for you, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, well, last summer I, I, I broke my big toe and I was teaching in a, one of those boot, I was wearing a boot or, you know, a, a medical shoe for a month teaching. Um, and you know, that's, it's, it's like, they can see, you know, this guy's, he's hurting or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I, I try to relate to him as much as I can and say, Hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm in pain too a lot of times and it's just, you know, you know, and I do tell them that, you know, don't think that, um, don't have expectations that this is going to just, you know, totally fix everything, but it's going to help you, you know, um, cause expectation management is something that, you know, I think that the clients and patients need to understand is there's no magic. You can't magically yoga pain away. <laughs> I, say, I love that. You can't yoga the pain away sometimes. And that's why we have all those integrative modalities because it takes, you know, it takes a village. Um, it, well, it takes two to three to actually shift the needle enough that the patient feels some relief and to meet their expectation. 
Exactly. You know, and I had I had a patient this week, just the other day, I think Thursday, he told me, uh, you know what, out of all the things in the clinic, yoga's been the best one for me. I love it. And it's like things like that just make the job worth it, you know. And um, it's like I'm helping change people's lives, and that's such a beautiful thing. And I'm giving them, and I tell them, you know, I, I'm, each one, I'm like, this is your practice. This is, you know, you're doing this to yourself. I'm, I'm just here helping guide you. But it's, you know, it's like that empowerment. And, uh, and uh, of all the modalities that are offered, uh, uh, pretty much, um, I'm like, yoga is the only one you don't have to go to the hospital for. You can do this on your own. You know, you, you don't need to. Um, you know, like chiropractor, you have to go there. Acupuncture, you have to go there. Massage, you have to go there. But yoga, you can you can do this on your home, on your own. Um, and that's like you know, you you just got to do it. So compliance is something that I struggle with. I think a lot of um, you know, there's and it's with anything, you know, patient or client compliance with uh, what you're giving them to do for home practice is uh, it's hard because of you know these guys are so busy and they're you know maybe discipline just to do it or not feeling sure about it um you know i think that um you know more protocols would be helpful but again you can't come in there with some checklist uh with in this type of thing there's no magic formula to prepare you um and the fact that I don't have cohorts, so it's not like I have six people that all start together and kind of progress along for the six weeks, you know. It's people are coming and going all, you know, all throughout, and so it's just... Do it's, you have, Jeff, do you have people who, or do you ever see the same people twice? Like, do they come back for another six weeks if it's really um, working for them, or is that not something that's part of the care plan? It's not... Like they no, they 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 don't come back in for the six week program again. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what they can do, I do offer two classes a week that I um, open up to any patient in the clinic. So that's where oh. I can. So yeah, I have um, just my time schedule is you know it it we have three programs in our clinic, and there's what they call the Scout program, which is physical therapy, occupational therapy, and, um, behavioral health, you know, um, health psychology. And so they get those three things. And, and I'm in the reach program, which is that, you know, chiropractic, acupuncture, massage, and yoga. And then there's another one. So if they go through both of those for six weeks, so a total of 12 weeks, they would spend six weeks in one and, and six weeks in the other program, which is, you know, 12 weeks. They have the option of going into our kind of graduate level program, if you will, that's called functional restoration. And it's where they're doing it for um, all day. They're there and that's basically their their place of duty. And they're doing aqua therapy and they're seeing a physical therapist and they're doing like a lot of, they're you know going on walks and hikes and um, just really re- intensive, you know, therapy. And they're also getting yoga for that. So... Um, I've opened up and they're also Tai Chi, but I've opened up those classes to any patient in the pain clinic. So that way, you know, patients can continue yoga if they desire. I think that's wonderful. And I find that the patients 
who do make the effort to come to those classes who are like they've already been through to see me in the clinic or you know a lot of them just they're they don't have an, they're not um you know that 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 six week program has a pretty big waiting list um mm-hmm. people it takes months for them to get in there sometimes and so in the meantime that interim I'm like hey just come to this thing twice a week if you want to do yoga and so the ones that are coming into there they're usually more motivated to to comply and you know that's where I find a, a you know the I get probably the best um, response is those patients who are making that effort because, you know, the ones that are in reach, it's like, okay, well, I really just want chiropractic and a massage, but I got to go to this yoga too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Out of all four of those, you know, chiropractic, acupuncture, massage, and yoga, mine's the only one where you actually have to do anything but lay there. Right. Yeah, you have to participate a little bit more in your <laughs> in your healing when it yeah, comes yeah. to yoga therapy. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So our motto here about um, where the lotus grows is just about kind of getting dirty to grow strong. The lotus grows in the mud, right? So personally for you, for your own practice and how you've come with what you're doing, what does getting dirty and doing the work look like to you? Getting dirty and doing the work. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> See, what is what is getting? Well, I guess I don't know how to maybe. Well, there's you like there are storms that happen in your life, right? And then that usually those storms catapult you into doing some sort of self study or work to grow. And so, you know, what was there something that happened? Um, you know, that kind of catapulted you into being a yoga therapist or something that, um, you're currently, uh, oh, dealing with. Um, well, as you know, my history and, um, I guess I can share, uh, some of that either with a website or my blog or whatever, but personally, you know, I struggled with eating disorders for a good portion of my life with bulimia. And, um, so yoga, for me, got me through that. And then, um, you know, I was at that time frame of when I was transitioning from the military to being a contractor. And that's when I first discovered yoga. So not until I was, you know, you know, in my mid forties, um, that I first started yoga. So I don't have that, you know, lifetime of practice under my belt. Um, but it just immediately captured my attention for a desire to work with people because my undergraduate was in exercise physiology and I was, you know, very much wanting to be more physically oriented towards working with people. And so it's a complete shift from being an army intelligence officer to a yoga therapy and that people scratch their heads sometimes when I'm tell them, you know, yeah, I was, this is the change that's happened in my life, which is almost, 180 degrees from one another. Um, and so it's just, it's been, it's done so much for me personally, um, yoga, that I just wanted to really share it with other people. And, and you know, that passion is what drives that, that action, you know, with right intention and purpose and meaning comes that right action. And so um, it's just, I'm just walking the walk. I think that 
I feel I have the ability to help people in the fact that, you know, in yoga, it's heavily a lot of, uh, you know, women uh, or, you know, the population in practice, it's men is still, you know, not as, not as many in the practice. So I feel I have that kind of ability to make it more approachable to males um, or people who identify that, you know, I mean, um, and you then, have that with your military background too. Like that's kind of a double edge that you have. You, you're yeah. able to and I mean, do both of those things. <laughs> that, um, that, that whole, you know, video that AARP did on me with the, with PTSD, with my experiences mm-hmm. in, in combat, you know, so I, I think, and, and the fact that I did break my back and, you know, I've struggled with, you know, a lot of different physical things. It's just, I think I really have a, a very unique b- background to draw on from experience to help specifically the population that I'm working with. I, I, I don't think that there's, I, I could be better suited to do what I'm doing right now. So Jeff, I have shared your um, AARP video where you talk about your journey and um, I've talked to wives of some um, military, hus- you know, their, their husband was in the military, and the husband is struggling with um, PTSD. And the wives are skeptical that yoga can really help um, with PTSD symptoms. Can you expand a little bit on that for maybe some of our Krajitarians that, you know, maybe on that fence post that yoga can actually help with those symptoms? Well, um, for one, there's a lot of research out there. But you know, not everybody wants to read that research or really, um, I feel like maybe your personal experience yeah. might help inspire. Well, I mean, you know, as with post-traumatic stress, what, you know, what it is, it, it, you think about the triggers and a lot of it is, um, you know, ruminating on, on past, ruminating on an event or whatever, or, you know, those visions of, you know, the recurring, um, whatever the traumatic, traumatic event or events were. Um, so being able to bring your mind into the present moment to tap into, you know, what's going on right now. And, you know, I ask a lot of people like, when I'm working with them, like what, what is your pain like right at this moment? And so it's like, what, you know, it's with the post-traumatic stress, it's like, what, um, are you in danger right now? You know, you got to connect them with that moment. And yoga is such a right now type of practice. Like you can only, you know, you're moving right now, you're breathing right now, you're with that breath in this moment. And it's perfectly suited to help, like, um, get you out of that that place of of maybe disconnection with your body, because you know, with with PTSD, you often disassociate disassociate with your physical body because it's maybe something was you know painful to experience, whatever that event was, whether it be a car accident or a sexual assault or combat or, you know, whatever it is that was, was bad, um, in your life that, um, you have to disconnect from that and, and reconnect with this moment. 
And it's that practice of coming back again and again to the now, working in the now. And then, I mean, that's the most powerful thing. If you do those practices, it will help you. Um, Just being in your body, feeling safe because it's, you know, if we want to get into the, the chakras and that, that root level chakra of safety and security and, and, um, being okay. Um, so being able to connect with that moment through meditation, through yoga, through all that is very helpful of, um, feeling safe and okay in the, in the moment, in the present moment. And I mean, I think that that's, a pretty powerful thing and I think the only way that someone can really truly understand it is to try it um, just to try it it can't hurt no I, I absolutely agree I couldn't <laughs> you you put it very succinctly Jeff it, along with yoga um, and, a, and a yoga practice, what other kinds of practices, what other kinds of things do you do for self-care? So you talked a lot about stepping away while you're at work, but are there things that you make sure that you fit into your regular life? It's a, it's a big theme that Kim and I talk a lot um, to um, our listeners about self-care. Yeah, I think I, I have a pretty diverse things uh, to do. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a single guy living on my own. So I pretty much, you know, that probably says a lot about my time. I don't, I have a lot of time for me. And so that's kind of, I mean, good and not good sometimes. <laughs> loneliness that goes along with that. But, um, but I, I have a lot of friends and so I stay busy with that. I like typically I go to the, the gym quite a bit and, um, you know, do whatever kind of workout that I feel like doing and, hit the hot tub and, you know, try to eat well. Um, I go to a lot of movies. Um, you know, I'll tell you, like personally, I, I see quite a bit of movies in the theater and I really lo- enjoy going to that. It's a way just to sort of unplug and chill. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know what escapism maybe in some sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's a good way just to like, just I don't know. For me personally, I love going to the movie theater. Maybe it goes back to from when I was a kid. That that's something that I've always liked doing, and I can go there. And it's and it's an activity I can do by myself and not feel like I'm lonely. I guess you know. Um, yeah. Well, and it's for a finite period of time too. You're not, you're not scrolling on your phone and come up like five hours later. Like it's really like ninety minutes to two hours. You're, oh yeah. You got that time away, and then back to regular life <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm, just, I'm just here for the popcorn you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah, I, I go to an embarrassingly number of movies a year um so not a, yeah. i probably go to a movie every week in the theater um sometimes two on the weekend so um it's it's easy to fit in um i would love to go spend more time here traveling in the Pacific Northwest, but with my schedule, it's, I don't get as much time off as I would like. And so I'm struggling with that as far as having just time to do the things that I want to do personally to enjoy life. Um, 
And so I'm looking at just seeing if maybe if I can make some modifications to my schedule so that I have a little fewer number of hours I can work a week so that I can enjoy more time for me, if you will. Yeah. I would love to be doing more snow skiing this winter. That's something I really love doing. Um, that's almost like a, a meditation to me is being able to just move, flow down the mountain and put on my music and like doing things like that. I love being outdoors, going on walks in, in the woods. Um, and you're in a great area to do some hiking. It's, it's so great. Tacoma has like some beautiful spots. Um, and we're, we got water all around us and it's just a beautiful like nature everywhere. It's so green here and all the trees and the air is really nice. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful place to, to live. Um, big change from living in Virginia for sure. Um, and I have lived in quite a number of places throughout the world, just with my military service. So it's good to settle down. Um, I'm originally from the West coast in California. So, um, it's nice to be back on, uh, what was the, the left coast or they say the best coast? <laughs> I have just a couple more questions for you. I know when I, I met up with you at Sitar last year in California, you had mentioned that um, you had a research project that was part um, of your program as part of your facility. And I'm wondering how that's going and um, if there's any new developments with that research. Well, the study is, it's a, it's a, um, it's been sort of put on hold for a moment, just basically due to some um, issues with funding for cert for people to be able to work with the studies on the research side of our house. So it's, it's taken a little bit of a, a stall, but what it is is looking at the differences between the effects of traditional uh, pain management care uh, protocols and complementary and integrative, um, you know, modalities. So like I explained before, the SCOUT program, which we call it, which is an acronym, and then the REACH program, which I'm part of, and just, and the patients were getting randomized into one or the other. So it was, you know, they, they didn't have a choice which one they do first. And they used this thing called it's a pastor. It's a pastor report, which they have to go on the, on this computer, fill out a bunch of questions they have to answer, and it talks about things like um, their pain catastrophizing. Like if they're you know that's a big deal is people catastrophizing their pain, um, or just like the modalities that are helping them and what degree their level of pain is either improving or not. Their levels of stress their levels of sleep. Um, it's looking at a lot of areas in their life as they're tra uh, progressing through the study at different periods, they have to refill out this, um, you know, this pastor, this report. Um, and I can give you some more information on that, but essentially that's, uh, the, the study. It's part of the, what's called the, the DOD bit study. And it's a three year, um, type of thing. We have a doctor that, that runs, she's in charge of it. And, you know, I haven't heard any updates on that. I just kind of stay in my lane and do yoga because it doesn't 
really, um, my job wouldn't change whether the study's going on or not. So I don't really see a lot of this stuff that's going on behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, well, where are you going to, where do you go from here? Yeah, that's a good question, right? Um, <laughs> okay, here's what I want to do is like I was saying is work fewer hours in what I'm doing and then I want to transition to work for myself and private practice. Ideally, um, working here in Tacoma and um, either getting a little place or working out of an integrative setting, like either, you know, with a chiropractic office or, you know, acupuncture place or physical therapy, integrating yoga therapy so that I can kind of manage my own schedule a little bit more. But I, I'm not quite sure. I don't know where the exact answer is. And I know that when that answer comes that I will know it's the right thing to do. So, and it, it's been that way for me my whole life. I think if we're just open and, and set ourselves up for whatever that is, that it, the answer will be, a, you know, it'll appear when, when we're ready for it. Um, we just have to remain open. You know, I mean, it's just like, anything else and it's not just yoga therapy but we have to prepare ourselves to be open to receiving whatever that is so if we're you know yeah we have to listen <laughs> and so <laughs> i think that's perfect <laughs> i i think that you know where i'm i'm just continuing to do the work and to gain experience and that's only going to help me no matter what i do later so it's just you know, when you're in the when you're doing the work, just keep doing the work, and don't question if you know what you're doing is good, whether it's you know what you should be doing right now. So, my only thing is just that it could become a little bit um, hard to manage self care after for a long time. If I'm you know years and years, and 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 it's just also the level of, of interest doing the same thing all the time. I like some diversity. Um, and to maybe so work a different patient population might be help me grow professionally and with my experience, you know. But anyway, go ahead. Right. Yeah. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about Jeff? Um, hey, they can I think come out and hang out with me and go grab some dinner. Um <laughs> It's here in the Tacoma area. It's <laughs> good. Um, yeah, I've, I've, uh, where's the best way to find me? Well, I have a website. There's jeffreysargent.com. Um, I wouldn't say I'm super active updating it, but that's easiest way to get in touch with me. Um, I do have Facebook yoga page and I, I'm kind of not, doing as much as I used to do on social media. I've kind of stepped back from uh, the Facebook. I mean, sometimes I go on, but um, you know how it is like too much of that just it's, it's hard. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't have to market for work. I get my patients come to me. So it's not like I have to try to build business, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of novel for, a lot of us in the yoga field, right? In in this profession, absolutely. 
Like, I think that's, you um, have a very unique position to platform to be. Yeah, I'm fortunate that I don't have a shortage of people to help. Mm-hmm. That's also, you know, I wish that as many people weren't in pain. So, yeah. Well, hopefully your discussion with us today will give some insight to other yoga therapists and for people seeking yoga therapy um, and dealing with pain, people who in and out of the military, that kind of thing, um, can be inspired by your words of wisdom today. We really appreciate you coming on to chat with us and we'll put your links up in the show notes so if people do want to get in contact with you or find you hit you up on your social media and website then they can do that we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today jeff yeah i appreciate it as well and let me just add one plug for i am going to be doing a workshop in october up in Mm -hmm. seattle on um, sensory enhanced yoga for helping to teach yoga teachers and healthcare professionals how to work with people with PTSD, so uh, with trauma and, and that. So that's exciting. I'm part of this Sensory Enhanced Yoga Institute. It's led up by an awesome yoga therapist, occupational therapist, Lynn Stoller, who just published a book on on this. So I'm excited to be on that team and to be able to, to do a workshop and help teach some yoga teachers and um healthcare professionals how to work with people with PTSD. Um, Excellent. Yeah. (laughs) We'll share that information as well. This will come out in time for anyone who's interested in that to be able to participate. Yep. Thank you so much for having the courage to share your story so that we could all grow. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Show notes and resources grow on our website, wherethelotusgrows.com. If you're wanting to engage with the topics we present in a deeper way, it's a great place to go for a more immersive experience and links to pertinent show information. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or subscribe on our website to get our weekly blog, personalized weekly mantra, and links to listen to the show. We're so grateful for all the reviews, recommendations, membership support, and suggestions that you provide us. As always, our member platform is at patreon.com backslash where the lotus grows this is where you can go to donate to the show to help keep us going and get a few rewards for your support thank you courageitarians we love having you as our sangha until next week remember though we are professionals in our field the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended as treatment or diagnosis please seek the guidance of a medical integrative health bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for full evaluation.